So let's look to the Lord in prayer as we open up this morning. Lord, I just pray that you'll just be with us as we begin the worship service this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, for your truth to reign, your love to reign, and your mercy to reign. Lord, I just pray that, Lord Jesus, in the stillness of our hearts, that, Lord, you'll just just speak with that still, small voice, that, Lord, you're still our fortress. You're still the rock that is stronger than us. And that, Lord, despite anything, that, Lord, you're always there. You always have an answer. Lord, you, you know all things. And, Lord, we just rest in that knowledge that, Lord, you will work all things together for good. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, for being here, uh, us allowing, uh, being able to worship here, Lord, in spirit and in truth freely. And, Lord, I just thank you for what you're going to do among Calvary Baptist Church and the future of Calvary Baptist Church. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this morning, just a few announcements. Um, food baskets. And that was the whole point about the Sunday school lesson this morning. I was hoping I could. That was the whole point. You know, because he's the only one that holds tomorrow in our hands. Uh, in our hands. His hands. Excuse me. His hands. See? Yeah, it's all a mess. Sorry. Yeah, mic drop. Pastor was just having a, an Alzheimer's moment there. But this morning we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verses 1 through 4. And this kind of coincides with the Sunday school lesson this morning. But this kind of also shows something about the last days. And we're going to be talking about the scoffers of the last days. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but you do. So I want to be faithful and I want to bring it, be bringing your message to your people. And as we look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, we see that 2 Peter is a book about the future. Each chapter in 2 Peter is prophetic in some way or another. It is an epistle to alert its readers to prepare for the return of Christ. People who scoff, as, people scoff at such preparations. They scoff at the prophecies of Christ's return. They scoff at the need for the priority in light of Christ's return. And they scoff at the promise of Christ's return. The world really does not care. And I'm talking about the world that the devil lays hold of. They really don't care that on one day that eastern sky is going to part and that trumpet's going to sound and Christ is going to come back. For the liberal mind, that's... This is what they think. I don't care about tomorrow. I want to live into today. I don't care that God exists either way you say it. I don't care whether God exists or not. It's all about me, myself, and I. That's what the world thinks out there today. 
I will go to every psychologist and psychiatrist possible known to man to find peace. I will, I, I will go to every other book in the world other than the Word of God, because when I go to the Word of God, it declares truth to me. The other ones just soothe the burning of my soul. Truth. They'd rather go to Dr. Phil and Oprah for help rather than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for help. They'd rather go to spend hundreds of dollars for, for a psychiatric care or a counselor. But when Jesus is the great counselor, when people look at Jesus, they scoff at him and say, well, he said he was going to come back. Even the church today says, oh, well, he says he's going to come back, but it's not yet. So we got plenty of time. Folks, we don't know the time nor the hour when Christ will return. But I can tell you assuredly that it is closer than you ever think. Because every day that closes out, we're getting closer to eternity. Well, how shall we answer these sarcastic scoffers? Boy, I'll tell you what. I can be sarcastic. Some of you know that. And I just play around with it. You know, I just like, no, nah, you think? You know what I mean? Or, duh, right? But there's playing around being sarcastic, and there's actually being sarcastic to the point of being rude. Did you hear that? There's playing around being sarcastic, but then it crosses the line when it starts to be rude. And there's the unchristian world out there, they don't care whether they're rude to God's people or not. They scoff at what we believe in. They think that we've made it up in our heads. They scoff at the very mention of Jesus' name, don't they? They even look at us and say we're haters because we stand on the Word of God as our authority. And that is truth. Folks, there's answers for people that scoff about Christ and his people. And we're going to look at that this morning. Second Peter chapter, Second Peter chapter three and verses one through four, and we're going to get into it in a minute, but let's look to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word and that your word is truth, and it always holds true. Lord, you don't change, people change. Your word doesn't change, but people's word changes. Lord, your loyalty doesn't change to us, but unfortunately, people's loyalty to you does change. Lord, I just pray that this morning, that as we look at this scoffing, world that looks at, at, at you and, and us as your church and just scoffs at us and, and, and looks at us as it were, we've lost our ever-living mind following a God that we cannot see. But Lord Jesus, I've never seen you face to face, but I can tell you through the scriptures, I've seen you.
We've never seen you, God the Father, but I can tell you through the scriptures, we've seen you. Oh, Holy Ghost, we've never, ever seen you face to face, but I know that you exist for the move, the move that you did among the church, your church. In the book of Acts, we have seen through scriptures. We've seen it with our very eyes. So, Lord, we may not be able to see you face to face yet, but through scriptures we have. And, Lord, people can naysay that all they want, but we know that our Redeemer lives. So, Lord, as we get into this, this answering these scoffers' world, Lord, I just pray, and we, as we enter into that and we bring answers through your word, I pray that, Lord, we'll look at your word and adhere it to our lives. Open our minds and our hearts this morning, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing that we see here in Scripture is in 2 Peter 3, 1 through 4, and it says this, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both what I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that we may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the command, uh, commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the, fa the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Do we see in verse 2 a key truth of why Peter is writing this book in the first place? He says that ye may be forgetful, mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. We need to be mindful of the word of God as we get into this topic. We need to be mindful that, yes, people are not going to agree with us, right? We got to be mindful of that. But we also need to be mindful that there is a Savior that died on the cross, even though they don't agree, he died on the cross for them. But we also have to be mindful that God's word always has an answer for everything, doesn't it? The Lord always has an answer for everything. And as we get into the word of God this morning, we need to remember this very truth. So there's people that scoff at the prophecies of Christ's return. Peter reminds us of the words of the prophets. He says that these words are not fables. They're not just a fairy tale. They are truth. Sometimes there's Christian people out there that just look at the word of God and says it's a good storybook and it can be rewritten. The word of God can never be rewritten. You see, there's some that think, oh, I can just quote Scripture flippantly to fit my own personal belief. Folks, we've got to be realistic here. 
that the Word of God forms our theology. We don't form the Word of God. I'll say it again. The Word of God forms our theology. We don't form the Word of God. We weren't the ones who spoke the Word of God into being. God spoke those very words into being. He speaks with authority because he was at the transfiguration. Peter knows every aspect about the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was there when the Lord was transfigured in all his glory. He's one of the few disciples that saw Jesus in his glorified form. The prophets spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Peter speaks here because he's being moved of the Holy Ghost. He speaks and says, look, I, I want you to be mindful of the word of God. This wasn't his speaking here. It wasn't Peter speaking these words. It was God through Peter saying, hey, look, I want you to be mindful of my word. Because the word, my word tells you very clearly that my son is coming back again. It's not just in Peter. Paul says it. Even John deals with the second coming of Christ in Revelation, doesn't he? Even Christ himself talks about his second coming. David wrote of the Lord's return and power to rule the nations. Guys, the fact of the matter is Jesus will one day rule for all eternity. It's not going to be a man in the throne room of God. The devil's not going to be in the throne room of God. I hate to tell him this, but guess what, Brother Roger? He's lost. Big time. It's the very Son of God that's going to be in the throne room of God. God still reigns. He still is in control of this world, no matter what. Isaiah wrote of the time of Christ when the time of Christ would set up his kingdom. Zechariah wrote of the time when we will see the wounded Christ. The scoffers are themselves a fulfillment of prophecy. How so? Because Peter said they would come. People will deny Christ. That's a given. People will deny Christ. And I'm repeating it again, that's a given. When we go out and we witness, and we do soul winning, there is no guarantee that they're going to be receptive to that gospel that we share with them. But I will say this, that God does know that there's receptive hearts out there. And when the right time and the right place comes and, and, and we're there and we share the gospel and that soul is, is spared from a devil's hell, let the word of God speak. Right? 
Their words in the last days affirm that Christ is coming back. People that scoff and say Jesus is never coming. He said he was going to and he, and he hasn't yet. Guys, it, that's a lack of faith. Because Jesus said he's coming, right? Oh, glorious day, he's coming again. And we can rest assured in that fact. I don't care what all these naysayers say. They can speak ill of God all they want, but all I can tell you is we studied in the book of Revelation on Wednesday, didn't we? When it says that they were crying for the rocks to fall down on them because they didn't want to see the Lamb of God. They didn't want to be under the judgment of the Lamb of God. And one day, they will be. Scoffing at the need for purity in light of Christ's return. The Word of God says walking after their own lust. These scoffers don't think morality matters. Did you hear that? Are we in a day and age where people don't think morality matters? They're living by their own principles. They're not living by the principles of the Word of God. In fact, they don't even give the Word of God credence. In fact, they, they, you know, back uh, a few years ago, I don't know if you realize this, but the Word of God became illegal in the state of California to own an actual physical copy of it. That law passed, but it was never enforced. But it did pass. Isn't that a shame that even a state would, even, even if it didn't pass, isn't it a shame that a state in the United States of America is trying to make illegal the Word of God? These scoffers don't want the Word of God out there. You know why they don't want the Word of God out there? Because then they have to face the truth. They do not expect to stand before our holy God. To them, to those who scoff, they think that this life is the only life that they got to live. There's not a life hereafter. But make no mistake about it, the Word of God is clear. There's an eternity, there's a heaven. And yes, there's a hell. You see, someone's going to spend one or the other for eternity. If you die without Christ, you will be in a devil's hell. Well, pastor, that's kind of cold. Now, I'm sharing with you the fact there's a heaven, there's a hell. And to be honest with you, I'd rather spend my eternity with the Lord and forever be with the Lord than, have weep and than being in a situation where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and be separated from the Lord for eternity. But pastor, that's kind of scary. Yes, hell is a scary place. I would not wish my worst enemy to a devil's hell. Would not. 
But you know what? I rather them, like the Word of God says, He rather them come into repentance and be saved rather than spending time and eternity away from Him. I too rather have someone saved by the blood of the Lamb than spend eternity in a devil's hell. They think that they can sin and win, but this is impossible. Wow. This is some tough stuff this morning. People that scoff the Lord Jesus Christ and scoff morality think that they can continue to keep sinning without any consequence. The Bible says... Why do the heathen rage and imagine vain things? They don't think that there's any consequence to their actions. In fact, they go into the opposite. When the Apostle Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, right? But that's what they're, 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 they're in the exact opposite of that. They think, I can sin that grace may abound. That's what the world thinks. But I'm grateful this morning for Romans 6 and verse 23, where it says the wages of sin is death. But thank God for that but. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God for that, that precious gift. You see, there is, there is no winning in sinning. And, and what I mean by that, let me clarify that. We sin every day, every single one of us in this church sin every day. Amen? We do. But here's the thing about it. Grace wins every time. When we come to the throne room of God and say, hey, look, I sinned and I messed up. He listens and he forgives. But here's the other thing, folks. Here's the other thing. When it talks about there's no winning and sinning, in other words, the world can't continue in not acknowledging the existence of God. The world cannot continue in a sinful state. It can't. Because when eternity comes... That's it. Truth, is it not? Consider the scoffers of the past who were wrong. The scoffers of Noah's time perished in the flood. The scoffers of Sodom and Gomorrah died in a fiery holocaust. Belshazzar, the scoffer, was weighed and found wanting in Daniel chapter 5. Look at the scoffers of old. They didn't make it onto the ark. But yet, while Noah was building the ark, this is amazing. Pay attention to this truth. When Noah was building the ark, 
They scoffed at him. They laughed at him. They scorned him. They thought he was a crazy old man. He's building an ark in the desert. Ha, 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 ha. There's no rain. There hasn't been rain for years. Ha, 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 ha. A joke was on them when the rain started to fall. And the ark was sealed up. And they, they scratched at the doors as the water started to rise. They scratched at the ark and they could not get in. Because the floodwaters came and God's judgment came upon them. Think of Sodom and Gomorrah. The day that God started raining fire down on that, those two communities because of their sin and because of them scoffing at God and saying, you know, God doesn't matter to us. We don't have to listen to God. They were in the same old, same old pattern of what they were doing every day in Sodom and Gomorrah, right? They woke up, they, they went to their jobs or they were on the streets, they were doing whatever. But then all of a sudden, the day that they woke up was the last day that they will ever remember. Well, what do you mean by that? Because then God rained judgment upon them for their actions and scoffing at him. And guess what? They're spending an eternity in a devil's hell. All the pleading, oh, God, help us, God, help us. All that pleading was nothing but bleeding sheep in somebody's ears. Pastor, that's a little harsh. It's truth, is it not? Belshazzar, the scoffer, was weighed and, and found wanting. You know, he probably woke up thinking he's invincible. Do we know of anybody like that today? People wake up and they don't think they're invincible. But God weighs them in the balance and they are found wanting. To believers, the return of Christ is a purifying hope. They do not want to be ashamed at the Lord's coming. Guys, I don't want to be ashamed when that last trumpet sounds. I don't know about you. I'm probably guessing I'm right, but you don't want to either. I don't want to be found ashamed when that last trumpet sounds. I want to, be found, I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to hear, not depart from me, you work of iniquity. I want to hear, enter into my joy. You see, we're here for the Lord. It's not about us. We're here for the Lord. Also, the intimacy of Christ's return calls us for holy living. I don't know how you're living your life. It's only between you and God. It's not for me to judge. But I can tell you how I need to live. I need to live a life that stands on the word of God as my final authority. I need to live a life that when the Lord looks at me, when I wake up in the morning, he's saying, that's my child. 
I need to live a life that when God corrects me for something that I'm doing wrong, that I accept that correction and I make the correction that is, he's asking me to do. I want to live a life that when he returns and, when, and he's going to return, that he's looking at it and saying, you know what? I know you messed up and you messed up a lot. But I want you to know that I'm glad that you've been found faithful because I found you faithful. Scoffing, you know, the scoffers, they scoff at the promise of Christ's coming. Where is the promise of his coming? There have been many promises of his coming. The signs and promises found in Matthew 24, verses 27 through 44. The warning and promise uh, that is found in Matthew 25, 13. The promise of Jesus in the upper room found in John 14, 1 through 3. Lastly, the promise of the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonian Christians in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. You know, there, the long wait for Christ's coming is no reason to doubt that he will come. Guys, we should not be doubting the fact that Jesus is coming again. We should not be doubting the Lord and his path he has for us. We should be always clinging to the promise of the Lord that that trumpet's going to sound and he is going to come back. So I have a plea for the world that's out there today to those who are scoffing, to those who are saying that God doesn't exist. Plea is this. Turn from scoffing at Christ to trusting him. I have a plea for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ here in America. And that plea is only trust him. I have a plea to the child of God. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. I have a plea. I have a plea to those who are unsaved. Trust in the Lord before it's eternally too late. I have a plea for the pastors across this country. Please stay true to God's word. Don't deviate from it. And lastly, I have a plea for America. Please bring the Lord Jesus Christ back into our country. Please bring the Lord Jesus Christ back into our country. And there's one more plea that just come into my mind. Church, let the Holy Spirit of God sweep through and revive us again. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.
Lord, I just pray this morning for your word. That, Lord, this message that you brought to your people, both in here in Island Pond and abroad, that, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, you will, we will focus on the fact that you are coming again. They will focus on the fact that you do not change. They will focus on the fact that, Lord, your promises are sure and true. Revive us again, I pray. Revive us again. May our country come back to you. May our focus come back to you. Lord, your word was preached this morning very, very clearly. Now, Lord, I just pray that you'll just have it the focus of our hearts and our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.